Thank you for listening to the 28th episode of the Career Planning Show, which aims to help you launch and grow a fulfilling career. I'm your host, Alex Rashkano. On this episode, we feature an interview we conducted with Judd Stubbs, who is a career and business coach and podcast host for Happy Career Formula with Judd Stubbs. Judd is someone I've stayed in contact with ever since I interviewed her in April 2021, and I find her insights helpful for career and business development. Learn more about Jet at jetstubs.com and consider listening to her podcast, The Happy Career Formula with Jet Stubbs. Enjoy listening to the interview. Welcome to the Career Planning Show. Our guest today is Jet Stubbs. How are you, Jet? I'm doing great, Alex. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time. Jet, can you walk us through your career journey from the time when you had 90 days to find a job or leave the country up until today? Sure. So when I graduated from university, I was an international student and a first generation student. So international meaning when I came to Canada, I had my family stayed for three days and then left and I was there by myself. And first generation, meaning that my parents didn't have the financial resources to go off to university. So I was the first generation in my family to go to university. My parents couldn't explain to me what majors or minors were or like how degrees work. They just said, I'm giving you the opportunity to do something that I didn't have the chance to do. Mm -hmm. So I want you to take make the most of that. So fast forward after they spent the three days and (laughs) and uh, came to the country and then and then left and said you you can figure this out Um, I was graduating from university and I had 90 days to find a job or leave the country um, because of immigration stuff and a bunch of backstory that doesn't matter as much as the fact that I was trying to figure it all out in 90 days and when I started I sent out over 100 applications for jobs and I got zero responses like not a single interview and I was not only devastated but I was confused because I felt like I did what I was supposed to do you know you get the hard work I was building out experience I had a ton of volunteer experience I had done some internships Um, I felt like I had done what I was supposed to do if you're supposed to go to school and work hard and then build out experience and then it's supposed to turn into this great job and great career because you put in that hard work why was nobody getting back to me so I was super confused And I realized selling yourself is a separately learned skill. You can have all of the skills in the world, but if you don't know how to sell yourself effectively, you won't Mm -hmm. go anywhere quickly. Mm -hmm. So I went from a 0% response rate to over hundred applications to a 70% response rate to 10 job applications. Mm -hmm. So for every seven, um, for every 10 job applications I sent out, I was getting seven interviews and I landed a job I wanted in the city that I wanted, but there were a few key things that I, I did to get there. One was I stopped applying for any and every job and I narrowed it down to a few key jobs that really excited me. And I put my all into those 10 applications. Hmm. So I really like applied to a fraction of the jobs that I was applying to before. And then the second thing was I really tried to sell myself and how I help and how I can help solve a problem for that organization. And then I followed up so that they could understand the value that I can add. So hmm. then I get into my job and I start start working and I experience a bunch of common and uncommon obstacles. So 
within my first 18 months on the job, I had a series of things happen. Um, my first supervisor was prejudiced and would make a buzzer noise anytime I said something that sounded like I was from a foreign country, even though I mm. am from a foreign country. So there were a lot of words that I, and she just repeat the buzzer noise until I said it correctly, because she said she didn't want me to seem like I was coming from the poor parts of Canada wow. um, because I would represent the organization poorly. And a lot of other, like that, that's just more like an exemplary example, but there were a lot of other things that she did that undercut like the way I looked, the way I dressed, different things like that. But she thought she was being supportive um, and helping me on this journey. Uh, while I was dealing with my supervisor, my mom was stabbed 17 times in a robbery and lived. Um, I had a housemate who I had invited to live with me. We knew each other since childhood, but he was going through depression and I just, I didn't have any safe space. I was in the country alone. I'd moved away from the city where I went to university. So I didn't have any friends in the city. And I was trying to start from scratch and building everything up. Eventually I just realized I needed um, a different career path. The nine to five wasn't working for me and I needed more flexibility. And so then I started to branch out because I had had such great career growth. So after I was hired um, within that organization, within the first 18 months, I was already like leading teams and directing the the division that I was responsible for. So I started having people come to me and they're like, you're 22 years old, you just started here. How are you already getting all of these opportunities? You're a recent grad. Um, and I started giving people career advice during my lunch hours. And then it started to, tr- to spill over into the evenings because I wanted to eat lunch as well and then (laughs) from there people started inviting me to their homes and said hey I have a group of friends we all need career advice can you we'll feed you and give you something to drink will you come and give us some career advice and eventually people were like okay I've made ten thousand dollars more I've made twenty five thousand dollars more I've negotiated better contracts for myself I want to pay you and in the beginning, I thought, oh, well, I'm paying it forward. People help me get on my feet, you know, in Canada by myself. I had friends like drive two hours to, to help me get to an interview. Um, so I thought I was just helping their friends. I was just paying it forward. And I didn't feel comfortable accepting money. So then people started giving me gift cards. I had more gift cards than I could use. And eventually I wanted to buy something. And I'm like, I don't want to spend cash. I have all this money sitting on a gift card. <laughs> Why didn't I just accept cash to begin with? And it was just like one of those hard lessons that you have to learn to accept that you can. um, It's okay to accept money for something when you are helping somebody. And that's what I started to realize was the foundation of effective career in business. When you're helping somebody and adding value, they're happy to pay you. They're happy to compensate you. Um, And as I started to continue to helping helping people out with their careers, I started to realize that... um, a lot of people were struggling, whether it was discrimination or a toxic work environment or a bad boss, a micromanaging boss, or they just wanted a career change in general. Um, they had all of these skills, but they never even considered entrepreneurship. And the way my parents had built out their money was they, they both had barriers to completing high school, but they became self-made entrepreneurs and they eventually built it out so that they had like millions in assets. But they taught me and my brother like lessons on how to listen and how to understand what people need so that you can offer that to them so that they can, they would be happy to pay you for it. And so I started to tell people, Hey, have you ever considered entrepreneurship? You have all these skills. So why don't you branch out and do more consulting where you have multiple clients instead of just working for one employer? 
And I started to explain it. Like when you have a job, you have one client, your employer. And when you are starting out a business, you're breaking it out. So you have multiple clients. So if you lose one client, you don't lose your entire source of income. You could do the exact same type of work potentially um, for a business as you do for a job. Like I can do career coaching where I'm working for an employer and they are getting all of the money and I'm just giving the career advice and they pay me, I don't know, 30 to $70,000 a year, or I can go and branch out. I can do my own career coaching where I seek my own clients and I, I negotiate the rates with my clients. So that's how I got to where I am now. So right now I'm a career coach and a business coach. I offer an on uh, a podcast and online course and coaching to help people find what they love to do and sell themselves, whether that's for a job, freelance service or business. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy your podcast and I link to it in the episode's uh, notes. Can we dive a little bit deeper into the area of deciding on whether you should freelance versus you should find employment versus um, you know, deciding to start a business. Are there some lessons that you've learned along your journey or are there certain questions that perhaps someone should ask themselves as they're trying to decide between working for somebody, freelancing or starting their own business? Sure. So there, there are pros and cons to each. So if you have a job, the benefit is you have a stable source of income in theory. Once it's not a commission, a totally commission-based role, if you have a salaried role, you have one stable source of income that does provide benefits, especially if you want to consider freelancing or entrepreneurship business, building out a business in the future. Um, So with a job, you can have a stable source of income, but you do have one employer. So if you lose that one source of income, you lose all of your income, which is a situation a lot of people find themselves in. Um, what I recommend is if you are searching for that one job, that dream job, that you do still act like an entrepreneur. So you build out systems to attract new employers to you. So every other month you should be going to networking events. You should be setting up your LinkedIn profile. So it has a ton of keywords. So employers are reaching out to you. So even though I'm a career coach now, I still have people reaching out and offering me employment opportunities about every other month through LinkedIn even though I'm not looking for those opportunities because I've set up a system so that if I were ever low on cash, I have multiple sources and streams of income that I can then turn to. So if you, with a, no matter what you're doing, whenever you are making money, you are helping somebody to solve a problem or achieve a goal. So you're either taking them away from something negative um, like when you pay a doctor, you're, they're taking you away from illness. And when you pay for a Netflix subscription or to, it, it's giving you entertainment, or when you play for guitar lessons, it is giving you um, uh, the opportunity to pursue your passion and learn about what you love. So figure out what you love doing and then figure out what type of income do you want to pursue. If you're just starting out, I recommend not just jumping into the entrepreneurship pool. Start out with getting a job, getting one client that gives you enough money so that you are comfortable and then branch out and start getting additional clients where you can start freelancing, where you have, I don't know, three to five clients. And then eventually you'll be able to, as you start to work with those clients, you'll notice patterns. What can you do? What can you automate out of what you do? What can you build out into um, a video or something that, 
where you don't, have, if you're repeating it over and over again, that means you don't need to be repeating it. That means you can record it once and put it out there so people can listen to it. Mm -hmm. And that is how you start to shift into building out a business where you don't have to be there doing everything all the time. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yes, definitely does. And I, I find the way you're looking at it and having individuals, even as they're working for one employer, perceive themselves as an entrepreneur and always looking at up, upgrading their skills, presenting themselves well on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, on various social media, and just being aware that there is a possibility that your job might not be there six months down the road, a few years down the road. And especially now with the pandemic, so many people had the rug swept from under their feet um, mm -hmm. and had to um, reposition themselves. Now, if someone did have their rug swept from under their feet and they're trying to figure out right now, you know, what they should be focusing on in terms of their career, how can how can someone build a career that aligns with, with who they are? Can you walk us through your desire, skill, demand framework? Sure. So I really struggled with trying to narrow down what I do, wanted to do in the beginning. I think a lot of people struggle with it. And even if they do find it, they're like, am I too young or too old? Or can I really do this? Do I have all the skills to do this? So I built out a framework that helps people design a career that is aligned with who they are. And the first piece of it, think of it as a, a, a Venn diagram with three overlapping circles. So the first piece is desire. So what do you want out of life? And I always have people start there and they always get frustrated with me for making them start there because they are like, what does this have to do with me realistically making money? Um, I'm paying for my time with you. How does this really help? And knowing what you want out of life is essential as you're building out a business. Because if you want to um, build out a career, act like an entrepreneur, job search effectively, you need to know what type of life you want to live because that career or that business is going to be helping you fund your life goals. And it needs to be helping you live the type of lifestyle that you want. So do you want to have flexibility so that you can work from home? Do you want to have the ability to... Um, travel for three months out of the year post-pandemic? Do you want to be able to go in the middle of the day and like do little league with your kids? All of these things, what you want at different stages of your life will change and you need to be able to design your career or business to align with the lifestyle that you want to live. So first you need to figure out what really matters to you. And a lot of people will say, oh, I need to achieve X. I need to buy this house or I need to get this car. Those aren't the things that really bring us happiness. It's more about the relationships that we have, the experiences that we're able to create. What gives you happiness on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? Let's design your career or your business so it helps you do more of those things. But first you need to know what that is. The second piece is demand. So everybody has this tension between where they are now and where they want to be. I have this tension, you have this tension, companies have this tension. So you need to, you're, when you are fig figuring out your desire, you're focusing on where you want to be within your life. Demand is where other people want to be within their lives or where companies want to be within their business. Where are they now and where do they want to go? You are going to be a filling a piece of that puzzle, building a piece of that path to help them get to where they want to go, whether you're helping them survive, um, 
or thrive and grow. So whether you're solving a problem or helping them achieve a goal, you're going to be solving some unique piece of that puzzle. And you need to be tying it to real world problems that people or companies care about so you can make money. And then it, the last piece, so if you just have your, what you desire out of life and other people's demands, so what they desire, um, if you just have those two things, but you have no skills to help them actually solve that problem, you'll end up being a daydreamer, right? And we want you to have the skills and tools necessary. So that's where that third piece of that Venn diagram comes in. It's the skills piece. So what skills, qualifications, experiences, and this includes your life experiences that you can bring to the table to help them solve problems effectively. And if you are missing any skills that they need to help solve them pro their problems, um, then you can build out uh, a training plan or an educational plan to help you get there. So if you are missing the demand piece, you'll end up like a starving artist. You'll have, you'll know what you want out of life and you'll have all these skills that you're using and maybe you're creating your art piece and that art piece can be an app. It could be an actual piece of art. It could be um, anything that you're passionate about, but it, you haven't actually tied it to real world problems. So you're struggling to make money. You'll end up a starving artist. And if you just tie your skills to demand, but you're not focusing on what you want out of life, then you'll end up an unhappy professional because you're making all this money. You could even be making six figures, but you're not building the life or the lifestyle that you want. So you're unhappy and you're trying to figure out what did you do wrong? Because you may feel like you did what you were supposed to do, but it's not turning into the career or really the bigger question is it's not turning into the life that you want. Does that make sense? It definitely does. And I really like the way you're, um, you're doing the analysis around desire, demand and skill. Um, there are a few frameworks that, that you know, different individuals use. Most people don't use any framework to map out their career, but <laughs> the ones who do, um, there's one other framework that I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's called Ikigai. Um, it comes out of Japan. And um, do you have any thoughts about how the framework that you're utilizing compares with Ikigai? Or is there any other framework that you put it up against generally and say this way of looking at your career journey and, and how you should map out your career makes more sense than those other frameworks that are perhaps um, relatively well known? So I find if you, this is what I found as I was building out my career in business, everybody is teaching the same thing just in different ways. So if you go to somebody and they really understand how career and business works, they may have come up with their own process. I wish I had found out about Ikigai um, years ago, but I just found out in 2020, what that was, right? So I found out in 2020, but you, what I love the best about as I build out my um, career in business and as I share with other people how to do it is I start to realize, I find what, I'm teaching or what I'm sharing or what I've found is validated as I start to realize a lot of other people in the space are teaching the exact same thing in different ways. Mm -hmm. And everybody will have their own unique framework based on how they learned it. Mm -hmm. um, this is the framework that I use. I find the Ikaya one, it's very similar in, except for it breaks out um, the demand piece because there are two types of demands. There are things that the world needs that people aren't willing to pay for. And that's where a lot of like social entrepreneurs get stuck because they're doing something that they want to make money off of in theory, but they're really trying to make the world a better place. 
and they're having trouble tying that to money in a practical way. And then there are things that people will very easily pay for, like the Netflix subscription or the guitar lessons. But if you're doing something and you're, you're trying to save the turtle, who's going to pay to save the turtle, right? Um, so that is the biggest differentiation, I think, between that one and my own. And also I use, um, I can't remember, they, they use terms like vocation. Ikaya uses terms like vocation and other terminology that people may not actually understand. People understand a concept, unhappy, professional, starving artist, yes. dreamer, right? So I would say those are the biggest things, but you'll find variations of the same thing all over the place. I think it's just validating when you find that people are teaching the same thing in one way. I think it would be great if we got to this universal framework so that everybody was taught this and it was a part of like the educational system and you learned about it in high school or primary school. But unfortunately, we're not there yet. But I love it when people share with me similar frameworks and lessons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine that someone um, is in a situation where they're, they're now in the process of looking for a job. Um, regardless of whether they are located in a large city or, or a smaller town, there's generally a system that you would ideally utilize to go about um, in order to, have to conduct an effective job search. There's usually a process that you want to undertake. Would you mind walking us through your thinking of how you would advise someone to go through the process of, of securing the job? So what I have people do first is you have to narrow down what types of jobs that you want to look for. So you don't want to be out there applying for any and everything. You want to apply for like select few jobs, but you want to apply for select few jobs that are in demand. So I'd have people walk through that desire skills demand framework um, and come up with what I call an I help statement. So I help these types of companies or clients who are struggling with or trying to achieve this problem and goal um, by offering, and then you, you would insert your skills, qualifications, experiences, so they can achieve a better situation. So an example of that is I help the Canadian government who is trying to uh, develop financially sustainable, equitable, and accessible healthcare for Canadians by offering an understanding of micro and macroeconomics, healthcare determinants, healthcare logistics, and healthcare policy, so we can develop a, the future of financially sustainable, equitable, and accessible healthcare for all Canadians, um, including those on like geographically dispersed um, groups or marginalized groups and like indig indigenous reservations, something mm, like that, where you be great. very specific about how you're helping or like I can give my, my sentence. So I help ambitious professionals who are trying to figure out the next step in their career growth by offering a podcast, online courses and coaching so that they can find what they love to do and sell themselves with confidence, um, whether that's for a job, freelance service or business. So you want to use this framework um, and then once you have that framework, you'll build out a resume um, and that resume will be a history of solving problems. So, so many people write their resume as a history of tasks that they've done. Instead, it should be a history of solving problems and meeting people's needs. Your resume is a history of meeting people's needs. But one of the things you want to do before you even start to write that resume is to make sure this I help statement, this problem that you want to solve 
is it in demand? So I'd encourage people to go and Google keywords that are related to that job. So if you're looking at being marketing, I would say Google social media, marketing, job trends, Canada, or job trends, whatever city you're in. And jobbank.gc.ca has a ton of information on job trends. Stats Canada has a ton of information on job trends. But even if you're not in Canada, then use, this, use that term job trends and then put in your location. Um, and you'll start to see, like look up things like stats, put in the keyword plus the word stats or survey, and you'll start to see what people are looking for. What are some trends that are happening in your field? And then you'll be able to say, okay, this looks like it's a growing field or it's a stagnant field, or there are more job seekers than jobs available in this field, or there are more jobs than job seekers. If there are more jobs than job seekers, you found a good field, but you also wanna look at, will this pay what you want? So I have people break it down and say, okay, well, I want to make $60,000 a year. If you want to make $60,000, are you going to apply for a marketing assistant role within the nonprofit industry that you see all the jobs are paying like 30 to 45, but you're hoping you'll find one special job that will make you 60? No, you're going to rejig your I help statement. So the way you are helping it and you are adding value meets your monetary goals so that you can achieve the finances that you want to live the lifestyle that you want. And you can still do that maybe where you're working with a social enterprise and, or maybe you're working within a for-profit organization, but you're volunteering in the evenings or freelancing with nonprofits for extra income. So there are different ways that you can structure it to create and design your career to achieve what you want out of life. Does that make sense? It definitely makes a lot of sense. And I really, enjoy hearing the way you're thinking through this and, and including so many different aspects that Shaman Shudin did consider as they're figuring out how to find the right job. Um, a lot of the times when we leave out a couple of pieces, we end up getting in a situation where we maybe we think we're targeting the right kind of jobs and then we end up in a job that actually isn't a good fit and it's because we didn't look at it as comprehensively as possible as to you know, what would really make a good work environment, a good um, you know, type of job, um, really ensure that it fits us. If we can shift over to uh, running a business, are there certain principles that someone should consider if right now they're thinking about starting a business they're doing all this um, planning for it they drafted a, a wireframe for their website they're working on the content for it and they're they're trying to ensure that they use the kind of statement that you suggested where i help to buy so that i can um, for the business itself to ensure that they are indeed solving a problem that the world not only needs, but is also willing to pay for. Are there any other principles um, that come to mind that someone should consider as they're trying to ensure that as they roll out a new business that it, that it will be able to survive and, and thrive? Yes, absolutely. So there are two main ones that I'd recommend. First of all, I don't actually recommend building out a website until you've spoken to your clients. Um, 
because so many people will spend so much time building out a website, building out this platform, and they do it in this silo where they're not talking to anybody and they're trying to keep it as this best kept secret. And then it ends up the ultimate secret because nobody sees it, nobody understands it. Um, <laughs> and you end up really stuck. So the first thing I'd, rec I'd recommend is don't ever build anything out in a silo. Build it out where you're constantly talking to your ideal clients at every step of the way. And don't build out your website until you've spoken to at least, I would say, 30 to 50 of your ideal clients, because there are a few things that are going to happen there. One is you're going to get the language that your clients are using. So when I gave the example with the difference between the Akai um, format and my own is if you're using the word vocation to talk about career, a lot, for a lot of people, career and vocation are the same thing. You're using a lot of industry jargon to explain a concept. Instead, you wanna use the language that your target audience is using. So when I have people write out a resume, I encourage them to use the language that is in the resume. If you're building out a business, you wanna use the language that your clients are using. During these conversations that you're having with your ideal clients, you're gonna make notes. When they're saying, I'm stressed out with something, um, this is really frustrating me, this is bothering me, I wish I could, you're gonna take the remainder of that sentence and that is what is going to go into your web page. So that when somebody is reading it, they feel like, oh my gosh, you're reading my mind because they feel like you're using the exact words that they use because you've been listening to people just like them and the problems that they're experiencing. So that makes them feel heard and to, get somebody to be ready to give you money, you need to do two things. You need to show them that you understand the problem and that you have the ability to solve that problem. And that includes both the skills, but also that they can trust you. And the reason that somebody will then choose you over somebody else is because you resonate with them better. Both under, speaking their language helps you resonate with them, showing that you understand that problem in their own words and you can explain it. There's a something called a curse of knowledge, where as we start to learn more and more about something, we will use terms that make it really hard for other people to understand. Um, so you want to avoid that curse of knowledge and stay to a point where you are using the language that your clients are using. And if, you, if you've ever um, pursued post-secondary education, it'll teach you to use a bunch of academic jargon and to be really hard to understand um, and you want to unlearn those things and keep it simple so a sixth grader can understand you um, so that your audience doesn't feel pushed away by any complicated language or they don't feel like they have to open up a dictionary to understand what you're talking about. But it's super simple and clear the value that you'll add and also where you will take them. A lot of people get stuck on the task. So I mentioned before with a resume, a lot of people will talk about a history of what they've done in the past instead of a history of solving problems. People don't just want to know what you've done. They want to know where, how it's helped other people and where it will take them when you start, when they start to work with you. Does I love help? it. Definitely. Yeah. It's very helpful. <laughs> Jed, could you uh, let us know how our listeners can keep in touch with you? Is there a, a website? Are there some social media profiles? How they can find the podcast? Yes, for sure. So um, my podcast is called Happy Career Formula with Jet Stubbs because when I had 90 days to find a job or leave the country, I wrote down, I don't want just any job. I want to find my happy career. And then when I built out a process around it, I said formula one day and then it just stuck. So I just, I call it the Happy Career Formula with Jet Stubbs. So Jet is J-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, um, Stubbs, S-T-U-B-B-S. Um, 
And I'm also jetstubs.com. There you'll also find a quiz where you can find out which one of the top 15 progress killers you're making in your career business growth. Because as you've seen throughout this podcast, a lot of the principles apply to both career and business. So you'll see where, which mistakes you could be making in your, pro, in your professional growth and how you can start to fix them. Um, and you can also book a call with me through the website too at jetstubs.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm not super active there right now. It's under the happy career. I'll probably need to rebrand that at some point, but yeah, I'm on Instagram as well. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. This uh, conversation was really insightful and I'm sure that our audience will really enjoy it. Thank you so much, Alex. If you enjoyed this interview with Jet Stubbs, please subscribe to the Career Planning Show, rate it, and share it with a friend.